Hello and welcome to Q&A with the Doc. Today, the Doc is in to answer the question, what is baptism? Let's hear what he has to say. So I've got a few questions surrounding baptism, Christian baptism, believers baptism. Like what is it? Uh, when should I do it? Is it okay to be dipped, uh, sprinkled? Am I to be submerged? What is baptism? So let me answer that by giving three facts that we know from God's Word about baptism. Number one, we learn in the Scripture that baptism is second. What I mean by second is that baptism follows salvation. So in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, we have Jesus. Just before He ascends into heaven, He gives God's plan, if you will, for the local church. And that plan consists of making disciples. It consists of baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then teaching those that's been baptized, those that came to Christ, been baptized, teaching them to obey everything in the Scriptures. So first we learn that baptism follows salvation. When Jesus says make disciples, that means introduce people to God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ because a disciple is a learner or a follower of. So people can't follow who they do not know. So first we introduce people to the Lord Jesus, explaining to them that He is God's Son, the Son of God who left heaven to earth, lived a perfect life, died a sacrificial death, and was raised from the dead. When a person commits to this Jesus, they become a disciple. And it says there in the Great Commission that you make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So after they come to Christ and receive salvation, they're baptized. Then they're to grow in their understanding of what it means to walk with Jesus. That's why it says, teach them to obey everything I've commanded. So Matthew 28, 18 through 20, as well as testimony all through the book of Acts, we see that baptism is second. Secondly, we understand that baptism is symbolic. If you read Romans 6, 11, as well as Colossians 2, 12, you'll see that Paul writes that when we're baptized, we're actually identifying publicly with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when a person steps into the baptismal waters, they're actually identifying with the death of the Lord Jesus. When they're taken under the water, they're identifying with the burial of the Lord Jesus. When they come up out of the water, they're identifying with the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Essentially, they're identifying through their baptism with the gospel itself. And the gospel can be defined in one word as Jesus. Jesus lived, died, was buried, and raised from the dead so that we could have the life we couldn't earn. So baptism is second. Baptism is symbolic. And finally, baptism is by submersion. So the word baptism in the New Testament is in the Greek language. The Old Testament predominantly written in Hebrew, New Testament predominantly in Greek. There's some Aramaic uh, in a few places, but mostly Greek. And the Greek word for baptism in the New Testament, as it's used over and over again, is baptizo. The word itself means to submerge. A slang word would be to dunk. In other words, to put somebody all the way under the water. Not only that, when we understand the symbolic nature 
of baptism, we understand that it's impossible to visibly identify with his death, burial, and resurrection without being put under the water and brought up again, a picture of death, burial, and then resurrection. And by testimony of the New Testament, we see that believers would go down into the water and come up out of the water, indicating that in the New Testament, the common practice was submersion. One place to verify that, although there are a few, is Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. If you remember, the Ethiopian eunuch was reading the scripture. They're just outside of Samaria or, or in the edge of Samaria. Philip comes in, hears him reading what the prophet Isaiah was saying about the Christ, the Messiah, who would die for the sins of the world. And under, upon understanding that, the eunuch looks at Philip and says, why shouldn't I be baptized? So he believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Philip takes him out of the chariot, down into the water. Uh, the baptism takes place, and then it says they come up out of the water. Again, illustrating what the word baptizo actually means in practice, it shows them doing submersion. So baptism is second, is symbolic, is submersion. Now there's always the question, and I'll close with this, is baptism necessary for salvation? Absolutely not. There's only one requirement to be saved, and that is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul succinctly explains this in Romans 10:9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. All through the scripture it teaches salvation is by faith in Christ and faith alone. There's absolutely nothing we can do to be saved, not even to be baptized to be saved. Salva uh, baptism is a picture of what we believed in to be saved. Another place that validates what Paul teaches there and is also expressly taught through the New Testament that's the thief on the cross. If you remember, there was one on each side of the Lord Jesus. One condemned the Christ. Another said, this man, recognizing he was more than just a human, is being unjustly punished. He acknowledged that Jesus did not deserve to die for he was the Christ. As a result, Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. We know the thief on the cross died on the cross and then was buried. We know that he was not baptized. So baptism is not necessary for salvation. However, those that are saved will be baptized. Quick story and we're done. So I wear a wedding ring because I'm married. The wedding ring doesn't make me married. Symbolically, it shows all who see it that I'm taken, that I am my wife's, that we have a covenant relationship together. Baptism is like a Christian wedding ring. It is a visible mark, if you will, a ring indicating that you are now in a covenant relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ by faith in his finished work at the cross. Thanks for the questions. I hope I've done justice in answering them. Send me many more. Love this opportunity to be with you. Whatever you do, though, as we close, remember, as always, God loves you. And so do we. Have a great week. Thank you again for joining us on Q&A with the Doc. If you have any questions for Dr. Sean, you can send him a message on social media at at Dr. Sean Keels or send him an email at seankeels at gmail.com.